It was just one of those moments, man. And look, if you got a concert or a church service or a gathering of believers and you have that one moment where you just have a supernatural experience, it's worth every other time you've ever been and nothing happened. Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm your host, Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. And today I want to tell you a story about 1985. That was a long time ago. And I think it was also the year uh, that was used in Michael J. Fox's Back to the Future. Uh, but I lived in 1985 in real time. And I want to tell you a story from that year. Here we go. So it was 42 miles from my driveway to the campus of Jimmy Swaggart Bible College, a drive that I would take every day for almost a year down I-12 from Hammond, Louisiana, all the way to Baton Rouge. I enrolled in Bible college. I had spent the five years prior to that working at TK Valve, which was a ball valve assembly plant. And we built and shipped ball valves all over the world, especially to the North Slope in Alaska. At that time was uh, pumping more oil than anybody on the planet. So I spent five years working, uh, building uh, equipment for the oil boom. Uh, but my motive was I wanted to save enough money to go to Bible college. And it was long, hard work. And after almost five years, I'd say, about $5,000, which doesn't seem like a lot of money today, but back then it was a small fortune. $5,000 was a lot of money, and it would pay for Bible college for almost two and a half years. At that time, a semester cost close to $1,500, two semesters a year. So I could get through almost two years of Bible school with the cash I had in hand. Now, I was married. Rachel and I got married in 81. Uh, we didn't have any children yet because uh, our goal was for me to go to Bible college before we had kids. So we had saved up. In 1985, I enrolled, and I took the first drive. And since it was a long drive, 42 miles is a long way. I had a, I had a Plymouth K car, a 1981 Plymouth K, which is another story in itself. I need to tell that story one day of why I wound up driving a Plymouth K car. Uh, so anyway, I'm driving this K car 42 miles one way, uh, 84 miles round trip every day to go to Bible school. And then I would work at night. So I'd go to school all day. And I would work at night uh, to, you know, take care of my family and pay our bills and to keep, you know, life rolling. So it was, you know, 16 hours a day, every day between school and driving and work and doing that five days a week. Uh, and not to mention, we were heavily involved in our church on Sundays. We volunteered for nearly everything. Uh, so it was a, quite a busy life. It was full. It was amazing. Uh, it was exhausting. And I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. Uh, but the story I want to tell you involves that drive from my driveway to the parking lot of the campus in Baton Rouge, 42 miles. And it was a long commute down I-12, so I brought music along. And I believe at that time I had a cassette uh, in my car. I just graduated from an 8-track. Uh, when I had my I had a Plymouth Duster for years in the uh, late 70s, I had an 8-track tape player, which... If you don't know what that is, Google it because it's ancient technology. But by now, I'd moved up to cassettes. And I was listening uh, to contemporary Christian music, uh, Twyla Paris, Amy Grant, uh, and Carmen. Now, 
I've just dated myself. Maybe you don't know who those people are, or maybe you've heard of them in different formats. Uh, Amy went on to become a pop star, and Twyla Paris, you know, has uh, t- taken her own route in ministry. And Carmen, uh, the superstar, has now passed away. But I want to tell you a story about Carmen's music and how it affected my life. A young Bible college student driving to class every day, I would play Carmen's music. And in 85, his album, The Champion, came out. So I had a copy of it, and I think I wore it out on cassette. You can't do that anymore with digital music. You can't wear it out. But cassettes, you could, because you could just play them until, you know, it got scratchy and eventually didn't even work anymore. I played that that, uh, cassette over and over and over again because Carmen just inspired me. He would would make the scripture come alive. You know, and that song, The Champion, was about Jesus rising from the dead. And it was it was a story told in the song, uh, but it just really, you know, uh, inspired, uh, you know, me as a as a young Bible college student. Well, while I was in class one day, uh, it was a very conservative Bible school. Uh, ultra conservative. We had to wear uh, ties and jackets. The girls had to wear dresses. You know, it was just ultra, ultra conservative. Uh, but uh, the the school was radically committed to evangelism, which was my calling and my passion. You know, I felt God called me to be an evangelist, and I wanted to preach the gospel. So it was a school I went to knowing that there was a lot of things about it that may not fit into my worldview, but I knew I could learn a lot from from this school. Well, when news came out that Carmen was coming to Louisiana, and that's big news. You know, he was like the Elvis Presley uh, of contemporary Christian music. He was like Michael Jordan. He was Sting. You know, whoever your superstar is, Carmen was coming to Baton Rouge. And uh, I remember sitting at chapel. uh, I think it was on Tuesday morning, I think we had chapel either every Monday or every Tuesday, and I was sitting at chapel, and the chancellor was addressing us, and he made it very clear that he did not want us going to the Carmen concert, which really just set wrong with me. It's like, are you kidding? I can't wait to go to the Carmen concert. Now, I'm not a big concert goer. I never have. In fact, I can count on one hand of all the concerts that I've ever been to in my life. Uh, I've been to a Ricky Skaggs concert, which Ricky Skaggs is a bluegrass superstar. Uh, I've been to uh, um, a, a third day concert um, and listened to, I think, what was, is it Mac, was it Mac Hammond or Mac? Who's the third day singer? can't remember his name, Mac somebody. Anyway, uh, I love that song he sings, uh, These Thousand Hills. Uh, so I've been to Ricky Skaggs, a third day, but my first concert was Carmen. This is in the 1980s, and he came to, uh, at that time we called it the Centroplex. I think now it goes by the River Center or is, you know something like that. It's in Baton Rouge. It's still there. Was it still there when you were LSU? Was the River Center still operational? Yeah, so it's still there, but this is when it first opened, and it, the capacity at that time was like 10,000 or 12,000, I forget now. But man, I went to that concert, and there was 10,000 plus college students and young people crammed into this building. And man, Carmen just lit the place up. 
He was a single guy. He didn't get married until he was in his 60s. He was focused on one thing, and that was evangelizing this generation. Carmen, if I had to guess, won millions of people to Christ over his lifetime. Now, if you don't know who Carmen is, you ought to go, you know, go to Carmen. I think it's Carmen.org, C-A-R-M-A-N.org. But you can Google it and find all about Carmen. He's gone now, but he was probably one of the most influential, influential singer songwriters, concert host. You know, he was just an amazing preacher uh, and just influenced my generation. Uh, but I remember. In that uh, in that venue with those thousands of students, all singing about the resurrection, it was just one of those moments, man. And look, if you got a concert or a church service or a gathering of believers, and you have that one moment where you just have a supernatural experience, it's worth every other time you've ever been and nothing happened. It happened that night. I just know it was just this incredible encounter, you know of. The presence of God or the faith of a large group of people or an anointed singer. I don't know really what the intangibles were. All I know was I walked away changed and inspired. You know, Carmen went on to an incredible career. Uh, you know, not only you know, that was his first number one hit was The Champion, uh, but he went on, he was four-time Grammy nominated, won multiple Dove Awards, albums of the year, Christmas album of the year, you know, international evangelist, uh, television star, movie star. You know, he, he just had it, had it all. But he always came back to his calling, and he said the most important thing that he'll ever do in his life is to lead somebody else to Christ. And, man, that just left a mark in my soul. And uh, I used to think, at that time I was in my 20s, because I'd worked five years from the time I was 18 till almost 22 or 23 years old uh, before I went to Bible college. So I was a young man. I was married, uh, uh, and I was inspired by his commitment to evangelism. Uh, but um, I was inspired. I thought when I was you know, at school, I would love to be able to meet Carmen and maybe even one day have him at my church, which seemed to be impossible. You know, not only did Carmen fill up the, uh, you know, the River Center in Baton Rouge or the Central Plex at the time, but everywhere he went, every stadium he went to, he filled it up. He had a concert at Texas Stadium, you know, 70,000 people. Uh, he was in, I think, Chattanooga, uh, one of the big cities in Chattanooga, one of the big uh, football stadiums. He had 80,000. You know, when he, would, when he went to Europe, 50,000, 60,000 people came to his country. He was just an international star. But he always brought it back to the gospel. And he always brought it back to Jesus. And he brought it back to the one person making a decision. You know, Carmen's testimony that he told often was as a young singer, he was singing in the casinos in Atlantic City. And by chance, he went to a concert by a Christian singer. I believe it was, uh, and what was that? I can't think of the name of the preacher that led Carmen to Christ now. But anyway, it was back in, uh, I think, the 70s. Uh, Andre Crouch. Thank you. My brain gave me the uh, inside look. Andre Crouch, who was himself an international uh, evangelist and singer and preacher, had a concert Carmen went to hear Andre Crouch sing. Andre shared the gospel. Carmen got saved that night. And over the next decade, 
God developed him into an incredible man of God, uh, international preacher and, and singer. Uh, but I remember thinking, I would love to one day have Carmen come to my church. At that time, I, was, I wasn't a pastor. I didn't have a church. But I remember thinking as a young Bible college student, if I ever get a church, if, I ever, if I'm ever a pastor, I'm going to have Carmen come, you know, which was a little bit kind of silly because, you know, Carmen was having crowds of up to 80,000 people. You know, there was no way that would ever happen. But you never know what's going to happen in life. Fast forward now into, I think, 2016 Carmen was doing a tour. He's at the end of his career. He'd been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, cancer had gone into remission, and he was doing like a farewell tour. He called it No Plan B, which is classic Carmen. You know, at the end of his life, what's he going to do? Well, let's win a few more people to Christ. So on social media, I saw that Carmen was coming to Louisiana, and the people doing his booking made an open post. If you are a pastor in Louisiana and want to host Carmen, send us uh, a note on this site. So I I just responded, hey, I, my name is Doug McAllister. I pastor Journey Church in Slidell. You know, we would like to talk about having Carmen come to our church. I thought they would just blow us off. I didn't think our venue was big enough. At that time, our auditorium maxed out with seat 700. And I thought, man, Carmen's not going to come to such a small building uh, that seats 700. Now, uh, we could max it out with up to 1,000 with standing room only and cramming chairs in. We can get almost 1,000 people in there. Uh, but even then, I thought, not going to be enough. Well, a few days later, I get a reply. Uh, hey, we'd like to talk to you more about it. We did a phone call. I told them about the venue. Uh, they told me about the ticket requirements. And before long, we had struck a deal. Carmen was coming to Journey. Now, that night probably wasn't nearly as special to everybody else as it was to me because of this story that I just told you. Now, it was a sellout. It was standing room only, and nearly 1,000 people came to Journey that night to hear Carmen, and he literally rocked the house. When he gave the altar call, many people gave their heart to Christ, including the girl that lived right down the street from the church, who we didn't know at the time would pass away within a year of some unknown medical problems. That may have been the whole reason the Lord brought her brought him to journey was for people like her to make peace with God. And that night, man, I remember standing in the front row and I was just kind of soaking it all in. There's Carmen, you know, there's, uh, there's our congregation and all the visitors that are here. There's this concert. But in my, in my soul that night, I was a 22-year-old Bible college student thinking one day, I'm going to meet Carmen. So uh, at the end of the concert, we were backstage, and me and Carmen and some of my kids, and we were just talking uh, about uh, the concert and telling him how much I appreciated his ministry. And we spent 20 or 30 minutes together and you know, before we had to pack up and move on to his next, uh, his next concert. Uh, but it kind of wrapped up that story in a neat bow. You know, and the Lord, in His grace, Gave me an opportunity to meet, you know, one of guys, one of the guys I looked up to in the ministry, and have him at my church, and uh, and have him preach the gospel to our city and win people to Christ. And then I got to hear those songs live and in person, you know, from a man that I admired for, you know, more than 40, 40 years. So that's the story. 
that I didn't get to tell last Sunday, uh, Bible college and Carmen and evangelism and winning millions of people to Christ. And I just wanted to share that with you today, my story about that 42-mile drive from my house to the campus in Baton Rouge and how God used it to shape my life and my ministry. Well, I'm Doug McAllister. This has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm your host for Journey Fellowship Church. And if you live on the North Shore or nearby Slidell, Louisiana, come visit Journey. You can find driving directions at jf.church. Also, go to your app store and download our Journey Fellowship Church app. When you get to your app store, type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar, all three words, and you'll see our app. It is Compliments of Journey. It is packed with, uh, with information and it loaded up with spiritual growth opportunities. And you can watch past sermons. You can find a small group. You can get driving directions. You can find out what's going on at Journey and how you can be a part of it all right from the app. And you can even tune in right from the app to our online campus every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time. You can join us uh, on the Journey Online campus. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this story that I didn't tell last Sunday.